Welcome to the Sim Podcast. I'm your co-host Eric, and I'm always joined by my co-host Ron. What up, Ron? What's going on? This is a podcast dedicated to the National Football League. We discuss on a weekly basis, including the playoffs. Let's go. Okay, Ron. I wanted I wanted this week to be all about the award the awards, all about Tom Brady making it final the decision to retire. But then Brian Flores dropped the bomb on us, right? Yeah, it's yeah he dropped the bomb. That's for sure with the with the lawsuit against the NFL naming what three or four teams or so in the lawsuit uh yes a big big bombshell not surprising unfortunately um that this is has happened and um you know this is is happening and we've talked throughout the season about the Rooney rule and uh you know we've talked at length at some at some points uh during our podcast about how the you know coaching in the NFL uh, it's you know it's, it's a different experience for for black coaches versus um, you know white coaches in terms of opportunities they get and uh, you know how long they get to coach for as well like what the expectations are in terms of like success um, and not having success and how quickly they're they're fired. Well, you know, I when I first heard about this lawsuit, I was like. You know, first of all, I was like, you know, uh, his legacy is basically going to be this because he, he probably won't get to ever coach in the NFL, right? Well, that's I guess that's everyone's take at this point, and it might very well be true. The timing of all this was interesting because <clears throat> you know he's in the middle. He just had an interview today, I think, with the Saints. So, and then I think he had another interview lined up this week. So the timing of all of it is interesting because, you know, what, what's the NFL going to do? How are they going to react to this point? Are they just going to cancel, you know, any, his follow-up interview? Um, or if, if this, let's say the Saints are interested, are they actually going to hire him at this point? Um, and then how does it look if they don't, you know, uh, how will it look? Will it just prove his point, you know, um, if he if he doesn't get any of those positions? Well, this is what I'm picturing right now. And I know I'm speculating, but this is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing all 32 owners in a Zoom call right now with the commissioner. And they're saying, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to handle something that... We've been telling the public for ages now. I think probably since like the early 90s, late 90s about, you know, we believe in equality. We are trying to get the discrimination out of this league, blah, blah, blah. We have the Rooney rule, blah, blah, blah. You know, equal. We celebrate black history. We do everything. But, you know, we have 32 and let's face it, they're all white. 
32 owners who's now if if this litigation goes through there's gonna be a lot of a lot of pandora's box opening up right well i think they've already messed up with their response um to come out that you know in their statement today this is the nfl and, and the other teams too um denver released a statement the dolphins released a statement as well um I guess just to go into detail about his some his accusations, <clears throat> he's basically saying um, like the interviews he received were uh, based, you know, were were just because of the Rooney Rule, and um, they didn't take his interview seriously. Um, he showed text messages that he received from uh, Belichick, you know congratulating him on the opportunity or, or getting the, the job for the Giants. And, but Belichick made a mistake uh, and actually went to, to someone else. Uh, yeah, it, he, meant to, it, he meant to text Brian Dayball, who got the mm-hmm. Giants job, but instead he texted Brian Flores. And so listen, this is before the interview took, took this place. This is three so, days so, before the interviews. Right. So, you know, having a 70-year-old man, and I'm not making excuses, this was horrible but you know 70 year old man and technology is just not a good combination right but the point is the timing right so he, the giants made the decision up and flores had not yet even been interviewed which means it was just a token interview because of the rooney rule and that's what flores is saying we're you know as black coaches we're not getting an equal opportunity uh, we're getting these fake interviews, right? Because of the Rooney Rule. But these co- these owners have no intention of hiring us. And going back to my point with with the NFL and their statement, you know, they said the claims and the accusations are baseless. That was the worst response, I think, in my opinion, because <clears throat> your job as the NFL as a commissioner is to investigate it, and the claims can't be baseless if there's proof. You know, with the text messages. Uh, saying that somebody else got the job before you even got interviewed. that That's proof in itself. So it's not baseless. These are, are true, um, accurate accusations that if the NFL gave a shit, which they don't, they'd actually sit down and say, you know, let me figure out what happened here in the Giants situation and why the Giants failed to honor their commitment to the Rooney Rule. Let me also investigate what's going on with the Denver situation. Let's let me investigate what's going on in uh, the Dolphin situation. Um, you know, with those accusations as well, uh, <clears throat> with the owner saying, you know, I want you to basically tank the season, and here's an incentive. Uh, you know, we'll give you an extra hundred thousand or whatever for every loss that you get, or some crap like that. So, those things need to be investigated. Your first response. Is not to you should not, you know, in my opinion, come out and, and deny all the accusations uh, when he's obviously providing you clear evidence that it actually t- took place. So, you know, I, I think this was a miss by the NFL um, <clears throat> for sure in how they reacted. It's not surprising this stuff happens. And to going back to what you're saying, they're on the phone right now. You, you're absolutely right. This is what happened with Colin Kaepernick. They're going to sit down and collude about how best to to brush this under the table uh, and obviously how 
to make sure that Flores never gets a, another opportunity again. Not only that, but you know, uh, if you if you pull up the actual document, and for some reason they they brought on they brought in the lawsuit in Arizona, which there must be some kind of law in Arizona because that's not I wouldn't consider Arizona a progressive state, but you know, right right there in in the paperwork it says only one black head coach in the whole thirty two teams. And you know who that one black head coach is? Mike Tomlin. Then it says four black offensive coordinator out of the 32 teams. And only 11 out of the 32 teams are black defensive coordinator. So it's it's almost like the evidence is already there, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it's the, the data is there. Yeah. Um, yep. 75% of the league, you, you know. Uh, is black right in terms of the athletes um and to only have one head coach that's black is that in itself is systemic it's a sign of a systemic uh racism that's taking place um and the nfl you can't have the nfl you know police itself uh, and trust them to investigate anything it's like asking in the police department to invest investigate something that happens within the you know the police department it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, well, that's so, that's why I'm, that's why I think this is going to open a Pandora's a Pandora's box because you know if the government is going to investigate, they're going to be like, oh, "We want to see your records. We want to know how much a white head coach makes compared to a black head coach makes. We want to know." If 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 these allegations are true, why were you offering a hundred grand to Brian Flores to lose games? Was it because you wanted the you wanted Joe Burrows? And then even even further, more speculation is that you know Tom Brady is somehow involved in all this because I guess Tom Brady ultimately wanted wants part of the Miami Dolphins. He wants to be an owner. And I see the connection because Stephen Ross went to Michigan, and you know those Michigan guys they stick together. So it, this is, I mean, this is like the bomb of all bombs, and I think that you know Brian Flores has a leg to stand on. Yeah, I think the the lawsuit is legitimate. I think he does have a leg to stand on, but you know, again, and I want to read what you know what he. He highlighted as what he wants to see addressed. Uh, this is uh, Brian Flores. He says he wants to see an increase in influence of black individuals in hiring, an increase in the objectivity of hiring, terminating GMs, head coaches, and coordinators, uh, increase in the number of black coordinators, incentivize hiring, retention of black GMs, head coaches, and coordinators, and transparency of pay for GMs, head coaches, and coordinators. So go going back to the pay thing you just mentioned. Um, I think that, you know, those are things we all want to see, <clears throat> whether or not we can, you know, we can measure it, you know, it's a, it's a different story. I don't know if any of these things are, you know, some of these are really measurable. Um, but I, you know, I will say this, there's two issues I think he's, he's talking about here, right? It's the hiring process itself and the, the failure of the Rooney rule. Um, and then the second thing is... Um, for those coaches who do 
who are given an opportunity, those black coaches that are given an opportunity, they don't get to keep their job. If there's a, you know, look at the Texan situation. You know, they, they hired, uh, you know, their coach for one season. You know, they knew they had a terrible team. By all accounts, the players love uh, love the coach. The guys, the name slipped my mind. Um, and then they fired him, like, after one season. Um, Dave Cully, uh, David Cully, just after one season. When all indications are that the, you know, players, you know, just from the outside looking in, they liked him. They played hard for him. It was a surprise. Uh, but I think these owners, and I'm not saying that the Miami owner did this, but I think owners would, in these situations where teams are rebuilding, they use that as an opportunity to install a black coach to say, you know, here, you know, I'm giving you an opportunity. And as soon as you fail, and I'm going to set you up to fail, that gives me an excuse just to fire you um, after a season or two seasons and bring in someone I really wanted to hire. Um, so I think that there's that situation too, which, you know, Brian Flores is, is saying in there too, that he wants to see addressed. So, you know, black, black coaches need a real opportunity, right? A real interview process. Uh, not a sham process to actually sit down in front uh, of ownership and be given a, a fair chance uh, at everything. Um, and that's unfortunately not the state of where the NFL is. It's not It's not even a state of where this country is. Um, you know, just last week, I think it was uh, last week where the Supreme Court decided, you know, decided that they're going to look at um, affirmative action, you know, we're here we are, a country, we can't even admit that systemic racism actually exists. That's the state of our country today. We are completely at odds uh, of whether racism truly exists. Um, we got states that want to avoid even having a conversation about it. Uh, they want to avoid having a conversation about our history, this country's history. They want to avoid the topic altogether. That's the that's the real life situation uh, of our country right now. So I think what's going on now with the NFL is just a microcosm of it. Um, the owners are all white, like you said, and they're going to stick to hiring uh, you know people they feel more comfortable with. Um, and what can we do to change it? How can we fix it? I I, I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. Not only that, but the thing is that, you know, no, normally these owners, they already have their mind made up as soon as they fire a head coach or a GM. They already know who they're going to hire next. It's not like, you know, a lot of this interview process is just, you know, whether you interview a black head coach or you interview uh, nobody with little experience or a lot of experience it's almost like they already know who they want as soon as the head coach is out so i know that a lot of these interviews are basically just you know padding the stats is just saying you know what we're going to interview three black people they're not going to get the job we're going to interview 
three white folks they're not gonna get a job this is the guy i want this is the guy i've been asking about this is the guy i've been watching from afar it's it, you know and it's you know 99 percent of the of the chances are there you know of white or caucasian persuasion so it's you know it's it's like you said we i don't have the answer or how they're gonna fix this but you know it's wrong right morally you know it's wrong yeah there's i mean there's only one way to fix these type of situations this won't get fixed until there's actual black representation i'm talking about actual ownership that's there to at you know to to get you know at least look at their own team to say hey, here's how i want to do things right you know as a every owner has the ability and, and the right to do things the way they want um i don't think anyone is asking for you know for the league to have 70 percent of black coaches because the league is 70 percent you know black athletes no one's asking that i think everyone's just wanting a fair opportunity for the for truly the best candidate the most deserving person to have the to get the get the job um and right now like you said we see coaches getting opportunities when they have no head coaching experience or very very little coordinating experience and black coordinators you know such as like the one in kansas city you know, he could be there for like 10, 15 years in that role and never get a, a chance to, an actual legitimate chance to be a head coach. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Look, I, and I'll go back to Texas, the Texans again, because, you know, this, here's a situation where Cully is just there for a year because the Texans knew they, they want, they wanted Josh McDowell since last year. Yep. But they didn't want to hire someone with absolutely no coaching experience. Forget head coach, no coaching experience. They thought it would look bad, and you know they brought Cully along. I think you know I'm just speculating here. Uh, they had to play the you know you know coach the season this year, and now they fired him, and here we are where they're they're on the brink basically of of signing McNall anyways. Um, so you're telling me someone with no coaching experience whatsoever, you know, is going to be a better head coach or more more deserving of an opportunity of, of someone that's already on your you know your team that you're that you're you know is coaching for you today that the players seem to like it just doesn't make any sense and it, it, it is you know li like you said it, they already know ahead of time what they want to do who they're friends with who they you know and what can we do to fix it again i i, I don't have the answer but I think the only way it gets fixed is by, you know, with us having, you know, better representation at, at the top levels, you know, especially at the ownership level. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like they can't find rich black folks. They are there. Mm -hmm. But this is such an exclusive club, you know, buying an organization. Can you... Do you know this person? Do you know this person? Where's the money coming from? It's almost like, you know, it's a vetting process, but it's an internal vetting process. It's not really external, you know. It's like you wouldn't have Oprah, which you, you know she got money, right? But you wouldn't have Oprah buy a football team because she wouldn't be part of the club. She, would, she wouldn't fit in or whatever the case yeah, it, might be. So 
so in order to even buy a team, you're right. The owners, I think a certain percentage, I don't know what that percent is, they have to agree for selling for for the sale of that team and and for the new owner to take 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 over the the team. It's not like, hey, I'm the richest person in the world yep. and I'm taking it. So there is a sense of like uh, you know, exclusive exclusivity, whatever however you say that word. Um, within the NFL, and you know, if you're not part of the, the club, um, you're not you're not going to be able to, to to buy the team. But we, we got to figure out how to get like the Oprah Winfrey's or whoever, you know, um, make them owners, um, you know, so we can get we as like black and brown people can get a, a legitimate fair opportunity. Again, it's it's not to say if we're not deserving of the chance. Um, if there's a coach that you don't think is deserving, if, even if you don't, let's say Flores, you don't like like him, you don't think he's the right person, then go hire somebody else. You know, it doesn't have to be a black person, but again, it's just the opportunity for, uh, um, you know, for you know, for everyone to have, to have a fair, for fair chance. Yeah, I mean, he, this Stephen Ross, according to this, I know they're just allegations, but. This Stephen Ross owner is really a real piece of work because he even, you know, meet when when Brian Flores refused to take the hundred grand and refused to meet with the quote unquote prominent quarterback, which speculation is that it was Tom Brady. Um, he labeled him the angry black man, the person that's hard to work with. So you you tell me if you work under under that kind of environment where you can't be yourself because of the color of your skin, they're gonna label you the angry black man. You know what? Screw the NFL. Sue them. I'm 100% behind Brian Flores. He he needs to you know set the record state. He needs to open up the books and just show the world. That this is a sham, that the Rooney Rule is a sham, and that the NFL has no intention of hiring black head coaches. Yeah, so, you know, here we go again um, with the NFL getting sued, right? <clears throat> this isn't the first lawsuit against them uh, this this season. You know, you got still got John Gruden lawsuit out there. Um, you had the Congress that was, you know... Um, basically trying to get information out you know from the NFL because they're hiding hiding what happened with the Washington football team and all those accusations and stuff um, they you know the the NFL cannot police itself that's that's how it's set up today you know that it's it's they are you know they Roger Goodell reports to them so they have all control. Uh, whatever they want, however they want to run their league uh, and their teams, that's what they're going to do. And and they can give two shits about what other people think. Um, and you know, if it's it, it's going to take a lawsuit, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. It will be. You know, it takes a lawsuit to try to 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 fix those those kind of things. Yeah, and I, I haven't gone through all the all the paperwork. It's 58 pages long, but. Ultimately, what is because I don't is he asking is Brian Flores asking for money? I don't think so, and that's um, 
I think he's, you know, he, I don't think he asked for anything specifically in terms of money. I think he's just, again, the demands that he um, he wants to address were those things I mentioned about, uh, and, you know, just the increase in the, the objectivity of, of hiring and terminating the GMs, increasing the number of, like, black coordinators and head coaches, obviously, and, and then uh, transparency, like you said, towards the pay to make sure that, like, you know, black GMs, black coaches are being paid uh, at the same levels as, as their peers, their, you know, their white peers. He wants transparency for all that. So, you know, are they going to show it? You know, are they going to be transparent? No, the NFL has never been transparent. So, you know, it, it'll take this lawsuit and for it to go to court, uh, you know, in front of a judge for, you know, to hopefully to, to see any sort of, of change. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about this lawsuit is it's not a class action suit. It's just a litigation case. But if more people come forward, because there's a lot of black coaches that are sitting at home, not coaching. You know, Cadwell, I would say, Marvin Lewis. I know he had a job for a long time, but he's, he's more than experienced, right? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't he gotten a shot? You know, there's so many people that are just sitting at home that can step forward and be like, I want to I wanna be part of this lawsuit because I believe it is 100% true. Yeah, I was watching ESPN today. And I, for, I forgot the guy's name, but he was saying he knows for a fact uh, that this season, outside of this Brian Flores situation, that there was a, a, a black head, you know, coach, not head coach, who was uh, potentially, you know, he was thinking about not, you know, he was thinking about turning down a head coaching opportunity, um, the interview process, because he he thought he was just being uh, given an interview because of the Rooney rule. He thought it was a sham. And it took like another black, you know, a black uh, coordinator or coach on a different team. He didn't say names. But to tell him, hey, you need to, you know, go take the interview anyway, you should do it. But, you know, I'm sure plenty of, you know, coaches around the league, uh, coordinators around the league feel the same way. You know, as they prepare for interviews and stuff, it's like, are you really taking this seriously? Are you just how you float flew me over here? Uh, you know, just as a as a sham, just to, to you know check it off the box basically um that's how flores put it when he flew the denver we didn't really talk about that but you know when he went to denver he said the executives showed up like super late yeah that that Um, was john elway yeah and under the influence it seemed like uh being drunk for the night before and they didn't you know according to flores they didn't take it the interview at all seriously they already had their man picked out so you know that's that's where we are. Yeah, I mean, even I, they even put it. They say you know the Rooney Rule was passed in two thousand two, and there 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 been a hundred and twenty nine a hundred and twenty nine head coaching vacancies, and only fifteen black candidates were actually hired. So that's. I mean that's crazy. That is a crazy, crazy number. 
in a league like you mentioned earlier, in a league that's seventy percent black players. I mean, this not only does, not only does it have one leg to stand on, it has two legs to stand on. It's just it is it is probably I would say it is probably like a home run that you know I mean they're gonna his legacy is tarnished they're gonna do everything they can to basically say he's a bad person but this this um, litigation this lawsuit it's 100% true I mean there's nothing you know aside from the you know name you know what him between him and Stephen Ross but the proof is in the pudding. You don't even you don't even need to show those Belichick texts. I mean, yeah. it's just history. There's more more data, like you mentioned. There's so much data. It's unbelievable. Yeah, there's no denying it. That's why their response today was just absolutely stupid and, and more infuriating than anything else. To say that it's baseless, no, it's not baseless. You 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 as the NFL yourself has been have been trying to address it, right? And trying and failing. Um, so you can't say the claims are baseless. Um, they're not. That's what the owners do, you know. So um, I don't know where this where this goes. Um, like I said, I think this is another Kaepernick situation. Uh, they're just gonna blackball him at this point and try to uh, not be transparent and move on as quickly as possible. Um, you know what else it takes to fix this or, or what it's going to take you know what it takes i think this it would take the same thing to fix the kaepernick situation it would take the the athletes uh coming together and say you know what i'm not going to play week one or week two or week three until you until we actually have change right and again what that looks like i don't know in terms of how it's measurable but i guarantee if the athletes were to hit them in the pockets where it counts that that you'd see you start to see some change but they make so much money these these uh owners and the players too they make a lot of money and then you know are they willing to sacrifice pay right uh by sitting out for this cause and i, I don't think enough uh you know, NFL players are, are willing to do that, unfortunately. Yeah, and the thing is the timing of this, because obviously you don't tie this up in a week. You don't tie this all this information up in a week or in a day or whatever. I think that he had this in his back pocket. I think that the Brian, the Brian, the Giants and the whole mix up and the whole thing, he was like, you know what? Enough is enough. And he contacted good lawyers and he said, you know what? We're going to battle. And I think because I think with Kaepernick, ultimately what happened was they just uh, they just paid him and said, you are, whatever it takes, just go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got he got basically he got paid. But, you know, that was his choice. I don't know if you can pay Brian Flores off. I, I think that. He's in it for the long haul, right? Yeah, I think he wants to see change based on what he's saying. I'll take him from his word. Um, You know, and there's no, you know, if this does go to court, um, 
you know, I, I don't think you just be able to just people are going to demand answers and some sort of transparency. That's the only way to stop. I think, you know, uh, this from from going forward or to to fix this situation is by actually providing like transparency. So um, the NFL should have you know, their, their better approach would should have just been to come out and say. We take these accusations seriously. We're going to take a look at them to, uh, and review, and we're taking steps to address the fact that there's one black head coach in the league. Um, you know, it's obvious that the Rooney Rule does not work, um, and they got to figure out how to enhance it or just rip it up and replace it with something, you know, something else. Yeah, this is, um, I, I could definitely see that this is going to go into the off season, obviously, but, you know, let's, let's just move on to other news, because this is going to be, more details I'm sure are going to come out of this. Um, mm-hmm. The other big news this week is that the GOAT officially retired Tom Brady. Um, how do you feel about the way he went out? Because he didn't do it like Peyton Manning winning a championship and then calling it quits. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, he still went out on top to me, right? It's, he's not going to win a Super Bowl. You're right, but he's still in the conversation with the MVP race. You know, he probably has statistically one of his better seasons this year. Um, so there's no question, on, uh, you know, of whether or not he can continue to do it. It's not like he's going out like Big Ben, where... His performances has actually taken like such a nosedive, right? I think Tom can still come out and play. Now, you know, like he said, he wants at some point he's got, you know, he wants to spend time with his family and, and playing and committing to the NFL. You're not able to do that. You can't spend as much time as your with your family as you want to. So at some point, you know, enough's enough. And I think for him, this was it. Uh, not that he doesn't love football. He loves football and wants to, you know, he's obviously very competitive, but, you know, he just made the decision that this was going to be it. And, um, you know, I think he's going out on top and, you know, his legacy will be, you know, one, him being one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, that he's going out on top. Um, it is going to be a little bit sad not to see him play next year, um, but I think I do think the league's in good hands at this point. We got a lot of talented young quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, um, so you know I think we're you know the league will be will be fine. Yeah, I think he if he wanted to he could have played until age fifty. He's that good. He's that good right now. But I think that the fact that he retired now. I mean, he went to 10 Super Bowls. That's crazy. He won seven Super Bowls. That's even crazier. He's, I mean, he's a winner. He when, you know, when they put a statue or whenever they vote for him for the Hall of Fame, he, winning is going to be attached to his name, right? Because mm-hmm. winning, uh, you know, comeback plays, you know, everything, everything. He just, whatever... Um, Example or um, subject subject you want to give it to him, he's gonna basically be on top of it. The and I, I was reading that 
you know he has so many projects right now he has a closing line he has a production for movies and you know the latest is that he wants to be an owner of uh, an nfl team and it looks like he he wants to be an owner of the miami dolphins team which is you know shocking but it hasn't been confirmed but you know it was it was confirmed that him and giselle bought a house in south florida a big mansion so you know again he he's leaving the breadcrumbs for possible possibility that that might happen but yeah anytime you're leaving like something you've been doing for a long time you know most of these players they have something else in mind um the worst thing to do and not just for nfl players but for anyone period when you retire is just not knowing what you're going to do next um i think that is the worst uh position to ever be in can lead to like a lot of like psychological depression yeah because um, you don't you don't ever want to be in limbo right a lot of yeah, people exactly. retire and then they have all this extra free time they're like right oh no i really love football but you know you were just super busy yeah he you know tom is, is set up now where i think like you said now that he's gone from football family he'll be able to spend more time with them for sure that's what he wants to do but he has all these other projects that he can uh, focus on too and it's going to keep him um you know hopefully engaged uh and he's gonna you know that urge to for competitiveness that he had in football you know he'll be able to like uh keep that going though with these new adventures business adventures he has going on so um you know i think you know it's it's like i said it's good to see him go out on top and it's good to see that he has something else that is going to keep him uh happy outside of football yeah i think he's and he wants to succeed it's not like he's just doing the you know doing the movies and the clothing line just to keep busy i think he definitely wants to succeed and i know that you know playing football and having all these other projects on the side he can't really focus on one thing so i think you know it is what it is i also saw that he might do a like a one-day contract and then retire as a patriot but you know at this point who knows is that's really what he wants to do it was kind of it was kind of awkward that he didn't mention the patriots in his tweet so i think eventually he is gonna you know he is gonna show love to all those people because you know they were going crazy they were saying <laughs> how can you not mention the team that you were with for 20 you know 20 years so yeah. I, th i think eventually he will he'll take care of that it, it, believe me with tom brady you know everything is calculated It's not like yes. you know he ties a bow on everything. So I don't. I. I. That's just speculation. But my feeling is that he will take care of that. Um. So yeah. So it's you know. Thanks for the memories, and there were many memories, many, many, many memories, and we don't have time to go through each one. So let's move on to the game that's going to be played in uh, 10 ten, eleven days. Uh, Before we do, though, how, how do you feel about um, the change that we're seeing in the NFL, right? So, Sean Payton not being there, Brady being gone, and now, you know, the Patriots uh, 
losing your your coordinator to the to the Raiders. How do you, how do you feel about all the all the change? No, change is good. Change is definitely good, and I think that you know, I. I don't know. I don't know who they're gonna replace Josh McDaniels with, and I don't know who's gonna replace. You know, I think that the running backs coach is also retiring. So there's a lot of turnover going on with the New England Patriots, and really, until they settle all that dust down, I'm not gonna speculate. Like, oh, we should do. We should go go get this guy. We should, you know, hire this guy. There's just too much speculation right now. Um, so I'm just. I'm taking the sit back approach on everything that's going on, yeah, wait. and wait mm-hmm. and assess, assess, sit and assess, like the movie said. You know, it's like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play that game. I know that there's tons of sports radios that are like talking about, you know, they're basically filling the air on speculation. Like, no, we should hire this guy. No, we should get this guy. I'm not gonna do any of that until they actually make a move so it's just right to me it's just a lot of speculation basically so i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, you know dive into it too deep because it's just it's gonna be like first of all if i have somebody that they want to hire they're not gonna listen to me anyway so <laughs> what's the point yeah. what's the point yeah yeah so let's you know before we dive into the matchup let's just look at the championship week because in the AFC, you had the Bengals and the Chiefs playing each other. And, you know, I will say that three weeks ago, we were having a conversation with Joel and Steve, right? Mm-hmm. And you casually dropped Cincinnati's name. And you casually said, you know, I think that they can win three games in a row. And I believe we all laughed at you. And we said, yeah. what are you, crazy? Yeah. Cincinnati's not going to do it. But you didn't you didn't have that conviction in you, so I'm not gonna give you credit for Cincinnati being good, cause well, you, you didn't pick them. You didn't pick them. I did, and, and so let me. To be fair, here's what I, I've been saying the entire season: the AFC in general, all of these teams were to me very similar. The Bills are just as good as the Chiefs. Or just as good as the Bengals, uh, and the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. So, to be fair, I said I think it was wide open. I chose the Bills to make it there. They didn't, um, and I thought the Bengals are, you know, are a really good team that could make it. I just didn't think, you know, with it being their first year, that they would get there so quickly. But I, I what I do love about the Bengals. Um, is the chemistry and that certain energy, I guess, um, that they've been playing with. Um, they go out there every week knowing that, not being afraid of any team, you know, just being extremely competitive, knowing that they can play with anybody. They just have that swag that you see, like certain certain teams have. You know, just think back to how, what the Red Sox were, for example, in 04. You know, that swag that they had. Even though they were the underdog and they were down three games to none, all that stuff, none of that mattered because they were so confident. Um, it didn't matter, you know, what the results were the previous game. They know they, they, know they could make a run. That's what Cincinnati is. So and they're going in 
the Super Bowl feeling, uh, regardless of what experts say, that they're, they, they, they feel themselves that they're the better team. So uh, they're the, going to win. This victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. So in your in your estimation, was it because the Cincinnati Bengals were so good? Or was it because the Kansas City Chiefs dropped the ball? I think it's a combination of both. I don't think, I, I've been telling you all season, like like the Chiefs, I, I thought we're going to take a step backwards this year. Um, so I don't think that they're the same team as they were last year and the year before. I think, you know, in general, teams are starting to figure them out. Um, you know, I don't think... I, I love Mahomes. I think he's a great quarterback. I just, so I don't want this to come off wrong. But I don't think he necessarily uh, can completely destroy a team. They're, like, it, it, it's not like he's indefensible, is what I'm trying to say. Like, he looked perfect that first half. You know, I think he missed what two two completions because Cincinnati came out with the dumbest ass defensive play calling, uh, and I, you know, I was screaming at the TV in the first quarter. Forget about the second quarter. I was like, the first quarter, whatever you're doing right now, this rushing three nonsense and not putting any pressure uh, and just allowing uh, Mahomes to sit back. Any quarterback in the NFL should be able to, to go 15 for 17. If you're in the NFL, you should be able to do that. So, you know, I think it was a little bit of, you know, the Kansas City, um, just not, you know, being necessarily a great team that can just go out and maul you to death and put you away, you know, when they have a 17, 20 point lead, whatever their lead was in the, in the first half. And I think, you know, Cincinnati adjusted, you got to give them credit. You know, they adjusted defensively to say, we're not going to do this the second half. We need to do something different. You know, we're going to try to get a little bit of pressure on him, try to not allow the receivers to get wide open. Um, and, you know, so great job of adjustments for the Bengals uh, on defense and offense, too. Their offense started to click. Um, I thought, for you know, in the first half, too, uh, offensively, the Bengals had the wrong game plan. They were completely focused on protecting uh, Burrow. So they were doing like really, really quick passes, which I get. But Jamar Chase wasn't involved in the game. Every pass was like two or three yards or behind the line of scrimmage. And they weren't even attempting to look downfield at all. Um, which the second half, they, they, you know, they said, hey, we, we got to start slinging it. And they did that. You know, and they still protected Burrow. They, you know, he only got sacked one time. So... Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, Cincinnati's equally as a as good of a team as Kansas City. Buffalo is up there as well. I think Tennessee is, is, uh, up there as well and will be depending on their quarterback situation next year. And, you know, maybe the Patriots will be too, depending if they can get a few pieces. So I, I just think that the AFC, these teams are just a lot closer. Um, so, you know, I'm not, overly shocked that the Bengals are there because they, they have a decent unit, they have decent coaching, you know, um, they have a, a, a damn good, you know, quarterback uh, as well. So, I'm, you know, I'm happy for uh, for the Bengals, even though I'm a Steelers fan. Well, I'm going to say that it was 100% Kansas City dropped the ball because even though Cincinnati had a good um 
defense. They had a really good defense. At least a defense that was coached well. I think, you know, from that, because it could have been, the game could have been 28 to 10 by halftime. But when they had that fourth down and they couldn't get a touchdown, that completely changed the game. It was like the window the window of opportunity opened up and the Bengals went right. They knocked the window down. I mean, three points in the second half, that's that's bad. That is yeah, bad. So, so the first half ended with them running out of time, basically, without any points. They had a chance to kick a field goal. They had, you know, a chance to get a couple plays off. Um, and Mahomes screwed up. And he, he took the blame after the game. He said it was on me. You know, I sh- he should have got rid of the ball. Um, I think they did the right thing by going for it. They had enough downs to, they still, you know, still could have came back and kicked the field goal if there was time left. They just didn't keep Mahomes himself. They just did not manage the clock uh, correctly. That was a huge mistake. Uh, and they kept the Bengals in the game. Now, the Bengals did their part in the second half, right? And they came out and they approached the second half completely differently on, on, on offense and, and defense. They started to get things going, and that was a big change in momentum for sure. So I don't want to be dismissive of you know what the Bengals did either. Yeah, did the Chiefs make mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. They didn't play a perfect game, but they hadn't played a perfect game the entire season. They made these type of mistakes the entire season. Well, um, they, they played a, a, a good game against the Bells. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like... You, you can't say you play a good game against the Bills when you give up like 21 points or whatever it was in like two minutes. That's, well, that's not a, a, a good a good game in my eyes. Well, you you were saying that that was a good game last week and now you're criticizing because they gave points. It was a great own. game to watch. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. they, they, a great game to watch. Not a good game as far as coaching. The coaching was terrible. Well, like, I don't know about both the, those. Most those defensive coaches should be fired. Well, should that's what I mean. Is that this this game was all the? It was basically the Kansas City coronation of them going to the Super Bowl, of them making it four straight, of them being you know quote unquote a dynasty. You know, Patrick Mahomes was talking about going twenty and zero. Before the game, the, the beginning of the season. So, to me, I think that they believe their own BS. And it's not their own, though, right? People don't come out and say we're going to do this just because you know they think that high on themselves. People get gassed up, right? Well, that's what I mean. Them up. The media the gassed media them up. Gassed them up, like when they, you know, when Mahomes had his first season, won the first Super Bowl. The media said, oh, this is a dynasty in the making. And they believed it. They fed into that crap. Yeah, they fed into it. But that's that's what I mean. Like, if you're Andy Reid and you're coaching this team, you you have to tell them, hey, don't listen to the hype. You know, you're not there yet. You're not not even, you know, not even touching the top of the roof. So it's, it's just... I mean, I give it up to Cincinnati. They had a good game plan. They followed through, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Shout out to Zach Taylor because he coached them well. Mm-hmm. So, Coach of the year, most likely, probably locked up at this point, right? 
Yeah, he should he should get coach of the year and we'll we'll go over the awards real quick who's the favorite but uh the other game was the 49ers against the Rams and this was this was the game that we we thought the 49ers defense was going to step up, right? Cuz we they've been a kind of a shutdown defense all year. But I f I felt like in the second half the Rams just went into overdrive, right? Yeah, I, you know, I felt like I did like most of the season that at some point one of these quarterbacks were going to have to make a play and it was a matter of like, who do you trust more? Um, you know, and, and in this game, I can't say that either played that well because I don't think they did, you know, um, the game could have been over when Matthew Stafford threw that ball up that the, the DB for San Francisco oh, didn't catch the catch yeah, ball. That could have been all she wrote. But he dropped the pass, and obviously that led to them going down the field and scoring a touchdown to take the lead and basically win the game. Garoppolo on the other end, you know, you know, he had that turnover at the end of the game. You can't trust him to lead your team, you know, down for a game winning drive. He can't be trusted. Well, uh, I don't that, trust Stafford either. That's um, the thing is that, you know, he's Jimmy G is more of a game manager, right? He's he doesn't he has the lead. He's not going to turn over the ball, but when you need him the most, he's not going to follow through at all. He might turn over the ball. He almost did that the week prior. He, it was like he was trying to lose that game for them. So, you know. Um, and Stafford has done that too. Uh, like some of Stafford's throws at the beginning of the game were just like, what, like who the hell are you throwing that to? Like it made no sense. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, these were two again fairly identical teams in, in terms of like the, the number of stars and how good they are. And you can you can sit here and talk about how how many great players the Rams have. But, you know, I think on defense, San Francisco, you know, has, you know, a really, really good defense. Um, and they were, for the most part, they did a pretty decent job uh, of, of uh, allowing them to, to obviously get yards, but holding them just to, to 20 points. Um, yeah, but, you know, I thought the, that was pretty good. the Rams defense stepped up in this game because you you know you mentioned earlier that you can run them but they were stuffing san francisco left and right they were they were they stepped up too so i got to give them credit as well um i expected uh san fran to be able to get have a little bit more success running the ball and they they didn't um you know but the game was there for the taking at the end we san fran just didn't have a quarterback that can get it done um, and the DB from San Francisco just dropped the ball. You you, you got to execute at the end at the end of the games, right? You got to be able to execute, and uh, they just didn't do that. Yeah, and I think you know if you have so if you have the Rams, which by the way I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, but I didn't pick them to win it because I thought Kansas City was, or I mean, I thought the Buffalo Bills would be in the Super Bowl. So now you have the Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, 
without getting into too much detail who who do you like so far and i know next week we're gonna break down the game but who who's your early pick in this game that's a good question um i think this is going to be a really really exciting game i think you're going to see more than the 20 and 17 points that we had in this game uh i think the Bengals have a lot of more a lot more weapons uh on offense and they'll be able to have a lot more success um but you know at the same time i think the rams will you know continue to get it get things going with their receivers and this time they'll be hopefully be able to punch it in the end zone a little bit more um it, it you know it's it's tough for me to say which team is going to win the game's in la that gives them an advantage i would think um but I, uh, Mojo is, uh, you know, is so important. Uh, swag is so important. Um, teams that are confident, that play with that confidence, to me, always have an advantage. Um, and right now, the Bengals have that in my eyes. They, they got that energy. There's just something about them, uh, about that team. Um, and, you know, I... I if, if you were to hold me down today to say who I think is going to win, it's going to be them. But, you know, it could be different next week by the time we get to next week. But for now, I think the, the Bengals. Yeah, right now I have the line is the Rams are favored by four and a half, but that's probably going to go down by next week. Uh, I, I like the Rams because I like their defense. But, I mean, Joe Burrow has shown me that He's not scared of anything or anyone or mm-hmm. he, so I mean you know it's almost like do you go with a confident young quarterback or do you go with uh, the veteran who just wants to take this chip this monkey off his back and be done with it and be saying that, that he won the most games I mean the thing about the Rams is you know they have so many superstars on that team. You know, you have Cup, who could be, you know, the white Jerry Wrights. You got OBJ, who all of a sudden is playing like 2015 OBJ. You know, you got Akers that's coming back. You got Michelle. You got this Blanton guy who came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he's making plays. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the Rams this week, but, you know, let let me yeah, see I, what, I, the, what the, the Bengals bring. Yeah, I think I think the Bengals receiving is uh, probably equally as, as talented as as the Rams. Um, you know, Cooper Cup is probably in a league of his own at this point. He's unbelievable, but Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, geez, you know, they are ridiculous. Um, and you know, so oh, and depends on you know if they get. They need to get their their tight end back too. He got hurt uh, in the game. If he but he if he's there and he's playing, that's huge. Um, those receivers for both teams are just explosive. So um, you know, I think it can go either way. Yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know because you know, normally when past Super Bowls were not really. You know this contested like they are now i think now you have more of a even 
level of competitiveness. Back then, it was like a blowout each time. And I think that you have two really good offense, offense playing, offenses playing this Super Bowl. And then you have, you know, a really good defense against a really, really good defense. So, yeah, this is this is definitely a good, a good Super Bowl. Yeah, and well, you said the Rams' defense is really good. I think they're okay. Um, they did step up and stop the run, but and they did pick off Garoppolo one time, but no sacks, right? To speak of, um, and you look at you know the Bengals, they had four sacks. You know, they had four sacks, a whole bunch of quarterback hits. They just played better. Uh, I'm not saying in terms of talent, they they have better players. I just, you know, I just think these teams are just really even across the board, offense and, and defense. Did you watch that 49ers game? Even though Aaron Donald didn't have a sack, he pressured Jimmy G so much that he was out of the pocket. Yeah, he- from, yeah from different positions. That's what Aaron Donald, you know, that's what he does. That's what he does. And I think that, you know, if... Von Miller just had a little bit more speed. He might get those sacks. But, you know, again, this is why I like the Rams. Because I think the Rams are more comparable to the Titans. And I think that if, you know, if they do that dink and dunk again, just to avoid pressure from Joe Burrows, I think they're going to have a problem. Now, having said that, uh, I'm sure that they're going to, risk it all right they have nothing to lose they're playing with house money it's not yeah, like it's the final game you go all out yeah you go all everything. out so i you know this is this line is gonna go down i think that maybe by the time that the, the game begins it might be three three brands favored by three um yeah so just quickly because i know the nfl is gonna have the honors show in a couple in maybe this week i think i don't know uh here's who are the favorites and i'm just reading this off the website really quick so for the offensive player of the rear of the year they're saying cooper cup do you agree definitely uh for defensive player of the year they're saying tj watt yes yes uh for offensive rookie of the year they're saying Jamar Chase over Mac Jones. Do you agree? That was a little bit tough. Not to say Jamar Chase doesn't deserve. I think he does. Look where he's at. But usually quarterbacks get it. So I'd be a little bit shocked if, if Mac Jones doesn't get it. Yeah, it's... I mean, it, Jamar Chase... I mean, he's playing in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. Mac Jones is not. <laughs> Even though Mac Jones... Got him to the playoffs. Matt Jones got him to the playoffs, and he's in the Pro Bowl, but no Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Figure that one. Well, uh, Josh Allen just turned it down, didn't he? Well, that's what I mean. That he's going in the Pro Bowl because he's a backup as mm-hmm. a replacement. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, say Micah Parsons over Patrick Sertain. Yes? Yeah. I think it's well. I, I think now you say Diggs should get it or no? Well, I don't think Diggs is a. Is he even on the list? He might not even be a rookie. Yeah, Diggs. I don't know. Diggs might be 
isn't it his first year? I don't know. I mm. thought it was, but it might actually be his his second second year. Season. Yeah. Um. But either way, I, it's probably gonna end up going to Parsons. There's so much hype around him. Um. And and there's not sufficient hype around how great of a season uh, Sertan has had. He has been a lights out, you know, shut down corner. Um, so, you know, he hasn't received the credit that he should. But you know, I think he's he's going to be uh, around for a long time. Okay, for comeback player of the year, they have Joe Burrow winning it over Nick Bosa. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I do. I'm surprised it's not, uh, Burrow and, um, what's his face, Dak. Dak met, Dak dropped the ball, like, in, in, like, four, in game 14. He just didn't look the same. Uh, Coach of the Year, they have Zach Taylor as a winner over Matt LaFleur and Mike Brabel. Do you agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he went 4-11 the year before, and then right now he's playing in the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, for most valuable player, they have Aaron Rodgers as the winner over Tom Brady. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. Now these this is an official. This is just, you know, who they who they predict is gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um I you know you know what's gonna save Aaron Rodgers during this MVP competition is the fact that that dude, that writer came out and said all those things and they had nothing to do with football. Mm-hmm. Even though he retracted, he said, "No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said those things." It was too late. He let the cat out. He let the cat out the bag, and he just said, "You know, Aaron is a bad guy. That's why I'm not gonna vote him." You sh- you can't say that. This is not this is not a you know Miss Universe competition. This is a football competition. Yeah, so I, I think that he he is gonna win it. And I think though he's gonna be deserving of it. I mean. I, I, you know, he still had the better record, um, still has probably better statistics, right? Um, I think he's deserving of it. Now, you know, he was one and done in the playoffs, and that's been the, the knock on Aaron Rodgers, you know, his success in the playoffs. Uh, but I think, you know, if, I don't know if it's a regular season award or not, but, you know, I, I think he, uh, he deserves it. Yeah, I think uh, he's he's definitely gonna win it. All right, so then we're over the one hour mark. So next week we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty and talk about the Super Bowl matchup, and then we'll you know we'll kind of quickly over go over the awards because I think they're gonna do the show this weekend. Um, should we even mention anything about the Pro Bowl? Because I mean, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> No one wants to see these athletes go like at twenty five percent. They don't even tackle. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a clip where someone like switched teams halfway. You're just <laughs> like, dude, just why even why even have this? Yeah. Just just play flag football. Just or just you know go there for the festivities and get your you know your bonus check. 
You know, they're like they should have a presentation where they go, okay, so and so's name, here's your bonus check. So and so's name, here's your bonus check. Because it's no one. I don't know. This is in any other sport they go, you know, maybe 70 percent. But this, this is the one sport where no one cares. Yeah, well, I don't watch basketball either. I think that's even a bigger joke. Well, I watch basketball because I want. I like watching the dunk contest. I like watching the three point contest. The game, not so much. And then when you talk about baseball, well, that's gonna, that determines who has home field advantage. So that I know they go yeah. hard. In hockey, you know, they, those guys don't care anyways. They just love getting hit. So this is the one sport where they don't really. It's like, you know, you've been out for four or five weeks. You're not going to go full speed on anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, we'll we'll definitely review the Super Bowl week. Uh, until then, I say peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Please send your questions and or suggestions to Shut Your Mouth Podcast. That's shutympodcast at gmail.com. You can always reach us via Twitter at Shut Your Mouth Podcast or DM us at the gram at Shut Your Mouth Podcast. Again, S H U T Y M Podcast. Until next time, see ya. Peace.